0: The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS today podcast. Today is Monday, November 25th. <clears throat> Excuse me, we are in Thanksgiving week here. And we have a tremendous 11-game slate this evening, and it's all the main slate, all 11 games. Uh, my name is Joe Sarvati, by the way, affectionately known as Coach, and I am going to dissect this 11-game slate with you here and try to prepare you to win some extra turkey money for the big Thanksgiving holiday. So this card is sweet. Uh, we have eleven day, eleven games tonight. Uh, just for a little quick review, only two games on Tuesday, and then we have a really big slate of uh, fourteen games on Wednesday. So that'll be fun. And Thursday is off, no NBA for Thanksgiving, uh, and then they they get back in on Friday. So that just to give you an idea of what the week's going to look like. But uh, we've we've been. Uh, Things have been going great here. Just, uh, want to start off the show by just giving a shout out to my DFS compadres, Micah Patria and, uh, and our, our man, Andrew and Miles, they're all just crushing it. Uh, you know, hopefully everybody's been able to catch the shows, uh, last week and, and through the weekend, but man, we've been hitting on some guys that are five, six, seven, eight X and, uh. You know, uh, just some, some really good stuff out there with some value plays. Uh, I know we had Kobe White at uh, 0.8% uh, on Saturday, and he went for 7X. Uh, last night, uh, you know, there was uh, uh, Check Diallo at 0.4%. You got to love when you get them uh, really low owned like that. Uh, and he made uh, value as well, so, uh, actually, uh almost 10x so that never hurts. Um, so great stuff let's let's make sure and jump into this slate now though because it's a big one and uh, we'll go game by game and just talk a little bit about uh, if we have some people out and talk a little bit about the pace and uh, the defensive efficiency. Uh, you know those have been sort of the keys that have helped us get super hot in the last week so, Ride the wave, when you're hot, you keep it rolling. So, all right, before we get started, I wanted to uh, thank our presenting sponsor and our title sponsor. They have both roles. That's Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, and uh, I think we pretty much have the entire DFS team uh, hitting the uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee pretty hard. Everybody's uh, into it and loving it, so you can jump on their website. Or uh, a lot of us are, are just ordering it right on Amazon, and boom, it's it's there the next day. So uh, excited for that, and Enjoy it. Okay, here we go. 7 p.m. We've got three games at 7 p.m. The first one is the Brooklyn Nets at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we're looking at uh, a pace for Brooklyn of seventh in the league, uh, which, you know, pretty fast. They're, they've been playing fast, and uh, uh, you know that's really helped Spencer Dinwiddie uh, go nuts here the last couple of games with Kyrie out, so that's a big plus, so we want to keep that in mind. Uh, Cleveland, on the other hand, is all the way down to 26th in pace and not playing very well, so it is a pace-down game for Brooklyn. Uh, it's a Big pace up game for Cleveland, although almost every game is a pace up game for them. Um, and then from the defensive efficiency side, uh, we've got Brooklyn right in the middle about at 16th and Cleveland down at 24th. So, not a great combination for Cleveland. Um, you know, it's going to really stagnate the over under on this game and make it a little bit tougher to play. Um, you know, I've been riding this Dinwiddie train, you know, to a lot of victories. Uh, but uh, I'm a little concerned in this game. It's, uh, you know, with the pace down, that could be a problem. And, you know, I just, Cleveland's playing such bad ball right now that it's not even funny. Uh, but it is at Cleveland. And, you know, they may be able to hang in there a little bit. Uh, Kevin Love did sit the last game because uh, he had something sore or they were debating whether to play him or not. But I'm, I'm sure he's going to step in this game. And believe it or not, I'm going to roster him for the first time. I, I just feel like with the pace up and Brooklyn uh, is not good against bigs and he does rebound the ball like a maniac. I know Thompson will get a lot of those rebounds as well. And I think he's in play, but being that this is such a a poor game and a lower total, you know, it's a risk certainly to play two guys. But the two guys that I would use and I'm leaning towards Love would be Love and Thompson. And on the Brooklyn side, you know, the one guy that that is really tough to predict, but, uh, you know, when he hits, he hits his Torian Prince. He's had some good games and some really bad games. Um, also, Joe Harris has been, a, you know, uh, hitting his stride. He's picked up some of that Kyrie usage uh, from the perimeter. So those would be the two guys. You know, I'm just got a, a feeling with Dinwiddie. I think he's going to be unbelievably high owned, and I just feel like with this pace down and. Uh, you know, with the multiple games that he stepped up, I just think that this might be uh, a little bit of a, a, a slower game for him, where he's going to struggle to try to get to value. So, if you if you do want to put a piece from the Brooklyn side, I would lean more towards uh, Prince uh, or or you know, as opposed to Dinwiddie, and uh, you know, that would be sort of the the, the key guy that I would be looking uh, for from, from that side of the ball. Um, okay. Second seven o'clock game, <clears throat> excuse me, I have frog in my throat here. It is the Orlando magic at the Detroit Pistons. Um, you know, the, the magic are playing without Vukovic and without Gordon uh, and we'll don't, you know, again, with always, you have to check the DFS news throughout the day all the way up until lock to make sure none of these things change but what we found was uh a lot of that usage and a lot of that action went to jonathan isaac i mean he had a great game and uh, i think he'll continue i mean it's with those two guys out and all of that activity going to him i think he's a plug and play again he's going to be high owned i get it but sometimes eating the chalk is necessary and i think uh Isaac is definitely the one to do that. Uh, as far as the center position goes, you know, everybody was jamming in Kim Birch or Mo Bamba last time, last game. Uh, and, you know, they're both playable, but they're splitting those minutes. Um, you know, I haven't read anything in depth other than, of, about Bomba other than the fact that he has been on a real serious minutes restriction this year. Uh, I don't know if they're just trying to protect him. Or if it's just, uh, you know, the medical team thinks that he needs to come along slow, but uh, you know, I just don't feel comfortable with either one of them playing enough minutes. If they both play like 20 minutes <clears throat> and then go small some of the other time, um, it's just not worth it, especially on a, a slate of this size. So I'm going to pass on those guys. Really, just uh, I'll tell you the other guy that that is starting. To become a guy I want to play, and I'll probably put him in my GPPs. And that's Markel Fultz. He, you can see his confidence level uh, just rising. He's 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 playing better each game. He's hitting some outside shots. He had a couple of big finishes in a close game, the last game, big dunk at the end. And I think that he's going to start uh, paying off. It's a great story, and glad it's really working out for him. So I'm close. Uh, I don't think it's going to be this game, but, uh, you know, when, when we look at the pace from this game as well, that's the other deterrent is Orlando's dead last. They're the slowest pace team in the league, you know, and uh, Detroit's 21st. So, you know, with that kind of pace and, you know, they're they're not the worst defensive teams in the middle of the pack. I think you know you really Jonathan Isaac's going to probably be the only guy I, I fire up here. Um, with Griffin being back, that eliminates my play Drummond or play Griffin when the other one's out. I think they just steal too much of each other's action, and uh, especially Drummond is too high priced. So uh, that's where I'm going to go there. <clears throat> All right, let's go to the third seven o'clock game. Uh, that is Memphis. Grizzlies at the Indiana Pacers and uh, let's take a look at the pace in this game because uh, there are also a lot of injury news uh, in this game too. Memphis is still playing sixth fastest. They've been in the top five pretty much all year just come down a little bit. Indiana's 25th so their pace is sl- is definitely slowing down but the big news with them is they get Brogdon back today. He's such a monster stud, but I mean, I love firing him up all the time. But coming back from an injury, very first game, you know, I haven't read about a minutes restriction, but I can't imagine he's going to be in a position to you know smash a thirty-five minute game. Uh, he's more likely going to play twenty-five or twenty-eight at the you know, and somewhere in that neighborhood, especially with. Uh, Aaron Holiday really stepping up and being a a, a really reliable uh, backup point guard for them. He started uh, in in uh, his absence, Brogdon's absence uh, prior to uh, or well he was out. I'm saying uh, from the pace side, Indiana. Uh, Indiana, I'm sorry, from the defensive efficiency side, Indiana is seventh in the league. So that is that is pretty stout. They're uh, you know they really get after it. They they defend all positions which uh, makes them in play it uh, makes the teams they're playing a little bit uh, a, more of a challenge you got to really choose, pick and choose the right spot Detroit's 20th uh, which allows you know you to fire up some Indiana guys if you like um, I, I'm sorry I, I'm I've got I'm going back to Detroit it's Indiana and Memphis I' mean, where's apatria when I need him A Apatry is supposed to be here to tell me I'm on the wrong team because I do it once every show. (laughs) Mike, shout out to you, buddy. That one was for you. So Indiana-Memphis, I'm sorry, I I went defensive efficiency. I lost my mind and went to Detroit. But uh, Memphis from the defensive side, reset here, is only 23rd. So not great. But uh, so, you know, you've got Brogdon coming back, Turner and – Uh, Sabonis are back. So Indiana, you know, they, they spread the love around there for sure. And Warren gets some of it. Lamb is back. So Indiana's uh, for a lot, first time in a long time at full capacity there, everybody's playing. Um, You know, the sad part about it is it eliminates any value or any real play there that excites me because uh, without question, they're going to divvy that up. So I am not going to go there. Uh, From the Memphis side, you know, as we talked about, Indiana plays solid D, seventh rated D. Uh, You know, Jonas Valachunas has had his cap uh, raised. He's been playing over 30 now, which, you know, really makes me want to give him a run. But, you know, this matchup against the, the Twin Towers there with Turner and Sabonis, Definitely scares me a little bit. Um, John Morant now having to play against Malcolm Brogdon, who's a fine defender and probably a fresh Aaron Hall day, you know, playing limited minutes tonight uh, is, is not a good uh, situation. So yeah, it seems like I, it must be because a lot of the teams on the East coast obviously play the early games and, when they're playing each other, it seems like I pass on a lot of these early games. And then it's the middle and late games that are the, the juicy ones. But this is like three or four out of the last five or six days where I go through the first three games and I recommend like two players. And that's probably right now. Uh, if I had to fire up my lineups lineups at this moment, I probably go love and Jonathan Isaac out of those first three games. And that's it. Uh, but you know, don't force plays. That's one thing, you know, one big thing that's, that's helped my game in DFS this year is is two, twofold. One, don't just force a guy in, to you know, because you want to have a representative from that team that you think, you know, if there's anybody from that game that would smash, it might be this guy. Don't look at it that way. Just look at each game in its own specific entity. And if a game like this one, Memphis, Indiana, doesn't look like anybody is going uh, to smash value, then pass it. There's going to be games where you want to stack two guys from each team. And as you know, depending on what site you play, you're only playing eight or nine guys. So it's, you know, when you have a slate of, of 11 games, you know, you, you're, you're very, it's very easy to, to pass on that. I think what people do is they're used to playing some slates with two or three games and when, when it's that situation, it's totally different. Then, you know, you've got to find some of these guys and play some of them. You know, you're not going to want to really skip a game very often if there's only two or three on the, on the board. So it's a different mindset. So, you know, make sure you understand the size of the slate and then approach it from that, from that vein. Now, for example, that's a perfect segue because the 730 game is Minnesota and Atlanta. So here we go. You know, we, we only uh, I'm only sticking my neck out there on two guys out of those first six teams. And now we've got a game where there's going to be multiple recommendations here. You've got uh, Minnesota is the fourth fastest team in the league right now. And Atlanta is ninth. So when you're talking about two of the top nine teams in the league in pace facing off, uh, that gets my attention really quick. Um, defensive efficiency-wise, Minnesota's right dead in the middle at 15th. Atlanta's all the way down to 26th. So, you know, they're getting back in that mode of last year where you can always want to, you know, pretty much fire up two guys that are playing against Atlanta because when they you combine the fact that they're incredibly – uh, their pace is incredible and they don't play defense. It's, it's hard to fake. Um, I'll, I'll I'm going to go right at it here. And there's some, some guys I love right off the, the jump. Uh, I like Jeff Teague a lot, you know, going against Trey and, and the, the up pace there. Uh, he's, he's back and for whatever illness he had, it wasn't an injury. It was like a, a bug or a virus. He seems to have fought through that last week or so and is, you know, the point guard is his spot. I think he'll do great in this role. And I, and I really like uh, rolling him out here. Um, Andrew Wiggins has been terrific. Uh, obviously he's, you know, he, he take, missed a game and he came back and, you know, he's often led the team in field goal attempts, quite a few more than cat uh, on a lot of occasions. Um, and, you know, I do, uh, appreciate the, you know, the, the ancillary stats he's been able to add to his game this year. I mean, he was always a guy that would put up a line, you know, just so points dependent. Like, you know, it was amazing to see Levine uh, the other night. He had 49 real points, but only 52.2 fantasy points. How you do that and play that many minutes and only able to scoop three additional points to your point uh, field goals—that's crazy. But he did it, and you know Wiggins has done that a lot in the past. And with Teague back, I think a lot of those assists get shifted back over to him. Uh, this matchup for Cat against a, a very depleted Atlanta Bigs with no Collins and. Uh, With just Lynn and Fernando and and guys like that, and they may have sent Fernando down, even I'm not sure. But um, you know, they're just their bigs just are not good. So I'm I'm going Cat here. This is going to be this is going to be a spend up game for me. And the correlation, I like Trey for the first time uh, in the last week. Uh, I love the pace here, and I think this is my my favorite game on the entire slate. And obviously, firing up Cat and Trey Young and Teague a little less on the salary-wise, it's going to be a huge chunk of my salary. But I really like this game. I think this reeks of a 132-128 game with people getting up and down the floor and just smashing it. So there you go. Three monster guys in one game, boom, right out of the second flight of games shoot. All right, Uh, game five is the Sacramento Kings at the Boston Celtics. And we know Boston has been defending the heck out of it. They're fourth in the league in defense right now and really respect uh, the way they're playing. Sacramento's 21st in defense. So, you know, we we do have some options on the Boston side. Uh, From a pace standpoint, though, a little bit of a red flag here. Boston 20th, Sacramento 27th, uh, definitely scares me. Um, first of all, on the Sacramento side, they just, you know, they're 7-8. Uh, Bogdanovich is playing again. He had come off a, a bad uh, hamstring injury, but he, he played well the last game. But he healed his hit or miss, has had some good games and some bad Um You know, and after that, you know, I just don't trust the Kings a lot, especially in a matchup where they're on the road for the second game in a row. Uh, They have to go to Boston. Boston's 11 and four, playing really good tight defense, and so I'm passing on Sacramento. Uh, On the Boston side, we have to wait and see about the Kyrie news. I I think he's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Kemba Walker news always mess those two guys up uh, but Kemba is uh, you know coming off that real scary neck injury I think he may still be out or if he's back he's very limited minutes I know he's back with the team so certainly can't uh, risk anything there. Um, you know determining who's gonna go off between Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. You know, is is a question. Those two guys are the safest. Although Marcus Smart has just put in several consecutive, uh, very efficient, uh, solid games. Um, you know, they're playing a ton of guys off the bench. Uh, Wanamaker's done a really nice job. Uh, he's absorbed a lot of those point guard minutes with Kemba out. And I, you know, I would recommend if we see the news in Kemba, if, if he isn't going to play, and you're firing up a GPP lineup and you need a, a, a really cheap guard, I think Wanamaker has earned enough to to maybe get a spot like that. But uh, the, with the price of Tatum and Brown in a game here that I think could definitely blow out, I think Boston could definitely blow them out. Uh, I'm I'm going to pass and and just not go after this game. I think the total's low. Uh, it just does not seem like a desirable game, and it, it's really spinning the wheel to try to hit the right guy that's going to do well. So uh, I'm going to move on. Game six is a, a third 7.30 p.m. Eastern affair, and it is the Charlotte Hornets at 6-11 and 11 against the 11-4 Miami Heat, who are coming off just getting their ass-handed to him by Philadelphia uh, on Saturday. That was a shocker. I thought that was going to be the game of the night, and they were down 40. It was unreal. So Miami's back home. They're playing a a lousy Charlotte team. They're obviously not real happy with what they did in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, the question is, number one, uh, are they going to blow out Charlotte, uh, which would really hurt uh, the play of some of the guys based on minutes nothing worse than having your guys sit the whole fourth quarter and just blows his value up so that is a concern for sure um you know let's take a look at the pace though let's just double check that we're not missing something here so pace wise charlotte and minnesota are sitting 23rd for charlotte i'm not minnesota all right uh, i i hear you out there uh apatria charlotte miami miami is still up there but they are dropping fast they are 16th with a downward bullet they were up in the top 10 almost all the first uh, beginning of the season so you know both teams are trending down in pace however you got some good d here on the miami side they are all the way up to third even after getting their doors blown in uh by philadelphia um, Charlotte, on the other hand is 25th. So they sort of equally stink all the way around. Um, you know, I guess the bottom line is this, I, I sort of like Bam Adebayo bio in this game. Um, I just think that the interior defense with Cody Zeller, and they've been playing Marvin Williams at center. And I just think he can, uh, crush it. I just am concerned about the game blowing out. So if he only plays, you know, if it's a 25 point blowout and he only gets 23 minutes, then you're, you're sort of screwed. So if they keep it close enough, then he can play 30 minutes, 35 minutes, somewhere in that neighborhood. I think he'll have, uh, you know, 50 point fantasy night plus. So, you know, you got to feel that one out, see if there's any late game news of anybody sitting out, you know, with Miami coming back from a road trip uh, and this being a game, they probably feel pretty comfortable that they'll handle. If there's anybody that has anything sore or tweaked, uh, they'll probably sit them. So this is going to be a very news dependent situation because one guy sits for Miami. Let's just say, and I have, you know, I'm making this up, so I don't know. Let's just say Butler sat, you know, then it's a whole different ball game. All of a sudden you've got you know, like three heat in play, you know, then you got to look at maybe a nun, uh, a Hero, or even a Duncan Robinson, you know, all those guys come in play and vice versa. If somebody else sits, the only question is if they are at full strength and they're playing a weak Hornets team and they do blow them out, there's risk there. But, you know, those are the things that take down slates, uh, but they can also cost you a slate. So it's, it's a, a two edged sword, but uh, from the Charlotte side, you know, really the only guy that I've fired up from the Charlotte side almost all year has been Devontae Graham. I mean, he's done very well. I just don't like him in this game because of Miami's defensive scheme. Uh, Like I say, they're a top three in the league defensively, and I think you got to respect that. Um, On the Miami side, depending on news, I'd start with Bam uh, in the build and if uh, if I can if somebody sits I, I'd be real comfortable throwing in another guy uh, or even two if we if need be on the Miami side. All right, game seven we're getting through here. Uh, game seven is the last seven thirty game, so that we've got three at seven and four at seven thirty. It is going to be I am going to need new batteries for my remote trying to switch around and watch all these games simultaneously, uh, it, it gets a little nuts. My son gets frustrated like, and walks away half the time because he's like, you watch one play from every game. But see, I, I want to see everybody play. I refuse to watch commercials of any kind. And it just, you know, you've got to get into that uh, rhythm. I, what I need to do is get all more televisions. I think that's what we need to, to uh, work on. So maybe I'll give Dan a call over at All. See if he can ship me out about six TV screens uh, for research purposes for hoop ball. See if uh, Dan, see if you can get that one through brew for me, please. Thanks, man. All right. We go to game uh, seven. It is Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. Two good teams, 11 and five, 11 and four. A lot of people other than Milwaukee are picking Philadelphia and Toronto to be right in there with Milwaukee to, to win the East. I sort of like Miami, but after that drubbing in Philly, I'm trying to recover from that. But, uh, you know, this is the, the, uh, obviously the rematch in Toronto of the nightmare Kawhi Leonard, impossible 18 bank rim shot that knocked Philly out and crushed, uh, poor Joel's soul. But, uh, Totally different team now without Kawhi, but they're, they're playing phenomenal. I'll tell you, Nick Nurse is a great coach. I'm just going to go out there and say it. I know this is only his second year, but the guy came in last year and won it. He won the stinking thing with a team from the East, Toronto, that never no one in the world thought could win it, even with Kawhi there. And <clears throat> now he's 11-4 and four with a team that lost Danny Green, lost – Kawhi Leonard. They've been playing multiple games without Lowry at the point, but he just gets it done. Um, you know, they I I think they desperately need some of those guys back and maybe to, you know, bring some guys up or pick some guys up because they're not playing very deep. They're playing a uh, seven, eight man rotation a lot of nights, and they're you know, their guys are getting minutes. Siakam's in the top ten. Van Vliet leads the league in minutes right now, as insane as that is. Um, so, yes, they're playing great. I don't know how long it's sustainable with the minutes that they're playing, but Nurse can coach, man. He is good. Um, you know, this game is, is just a loaded game. Siakam's been absolutely on fire, um, but he's got to go against a really tough Philly defense here, just as Van Vliet does. Let's, let's look real quickly at the pace of Philly and Toronto. Um, Toronto is 14th and Philly 17th. So just average middle-of-the-ground middle, middle of the ground pace for both of these teams. But this is where, you know, defenses win championships. Let's face it, they're 8th and ninth. So you have two top 10 defensive teams in the league facing off against each other, both with almost the identical record, both trying to win the East. A real statement game for both. Philly feeling really good about themselves after crushing Miami. Toronto feeling great uh, about a couple of road wins on the on their last road trip. This this will be the most fun game to watch from a competitive standpoint, and uh, just from a from a bat pure basketball purist standpoint, um, it doesn't convert to a great DFS game, though, to me, uh, just because of what we stated. Just average pace, tremendous defense, and they're both going to want this game. You know, it's going to have a playoff atmosphere in Toronto. Those fans are amazing up there. So it's going to be rocking and rolling. You know, Joel played a back-to-back, and now he's had a day off. So this will be, if I'm not mistaken, his third game in four days, which is a little bit different for him. Uh, He doesn't do that that often. So I don't see him playing over over 28, 30 minutes, even though this is a big game. Uh, He may, but uh, how effective is he going to be? Because you can see him out there, when he's fresh, he's one of the best players in the league. But when he starts dragging and trailing and starts reaching because he's a little tired, his efficiency just plummets. Uh, But, you know, my favorite stat of the year so far, far is, From a defensive efficiency standpoint, it's by far the biggest spread in the entire league of when a guy's on or off the floor. Uh, Philadelphia is 15 points better on defense, actually a little over 15, 15. 15.2 points better per game when he's on the floor. So that stifles Toronto's side of it a little bit. Uh, You know, Jay Rich can defend, Tobias gets after it. Horford, we know, is a very, very good defender. Uh, you know, so, you know, how do you r- really feel comfortable rolling up uh, Siakam or Van Fleet when those are really the only two great plays? You can go second flight there with some of their other guys, you know, the Norman Powells and different guys that, uh, you know, are, are, are going to get you some value. But, man, you're really playing uh, roulette here with, with uh, trying to, catch one of the right guys, same thing with Jay Rich or, or, you know, uh, even Simmons in a way in a, in a matchup like this. So all that being said, I'm going to watch this game. I like the fact that this is going to be a really competitive game and say a lot of sort of what, what things look like in the East with who's, you know, second to Milwaukee at this point or close to first with them. Uh, but I'm not going to play anybody in this game. I, I just don't feel comfortable doing it The price is too high on the Embiid's and Siakam's. Van Vliet's been a great, uh, you know, savings. But they're going to throw Jay Rich and and Simmons at length. And they're going to really get after him. Yeah, he's going to probably play 40 minutes. But uh, I'm just not going to go there. And I've played him almost every game since Lowry's been out. But uh, all right. All that for that game, and I'm not recommending to anybody, but I wanted to give you the full breakdown on it and be re- the reason why, because I know that that's going to be a highly uh, watched game, and you know when people are going to tune into a game that's got a lot of meaning, they usually like to fire up a couple of guys uh, to root for. But don't don't be sucked into that. You can watch it for the basketball value, uh, and uh, and not have to go there. All right, uh, just real quickly here, we have four games left. Again, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, hit them up online. Uh, if you have an Amazon account, jump on there. It'll come to you the next day. Boom, it's there and ready to go. Best coffee in the business. Also, uh, go to hoop ball.com and uh, go to our forums and click on our DFS thread. We have Miles and Andy updating that 24 7. Fantastic information. Um, constantly updating player injuries, mo- you know, uh, different uh, player news throughout the day. Stay in tune with that uh, all, all day, right before lock. <clears throat> Those guys do a great job uh, firing that up. Also, when you're at hoop-ball.com, take a look at our uh, premium package there. Uh, we There are so many podcast shows coming out of Football. right now, it's unreal. Uh, Dan vespers does an amazing job keeping it all organized, but great box score breakdown games, live games, DFS games. Uh, obviously, we're on seven days a week. You're also going to get uh, all the, the regular fantasy, year-long, head-to-head uh, dynasty, all that information and discussions and breakdowns. So, If if you're in a fantasy or DFS of any kind with with basketball, hoop-ball.com is definitely a place you want to be. Also, when you fire us up every day, you can find Hoopball NBA DFS, the podcast, everywhere podcasts are found. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. You name it, we're there. Just type in, you can type in the whole thing, NBA DFS today or just DFS Today podcast, and we come up, uh, and, uh, you know, we have the best, I'm telling you right now, we have the best content, free content in the NBA space for DFS, and I, I really challenge anybody to find anything better. Uh, there's some other really good ones out there that I would, I really respect, but a good portion of them are behind a paywall where there's membership fees, et cetera, involved with that. Uh, we're able to bring this forward uh to you because of the good people at Hawaiian Isles and at Hoopall, So we ask you uh, when you're or you listening to those podcasts, just take 10, 15, 30 seconds. Give us five stars, likes, positive reviews, thumbs up. Give us a positive comment or, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, just let us know that you're listening. Let us know that your viewership and listenership is, is out there. Uh, and that's going to continue to drive uh, us being able to bring this free content forward. And also want to take this time to, to let you know that uh, follow us all day on Twitter. Our DFS team is on this man. We are on it 24 seven between the four of us. We are tweeting constantly every injury player news that comes up. Just it's really important to follow us. First of all, the, the main uh, Twitter that, that is HoopBalls, that you're going to get all that feed from our DFS guys and all the blurbers at HoopBall, and that's at hoop fantasy. I'm at Joe Sarvati J O E S A R V A D I. Then we have at Mike Patria M I K E A P O T R I A. Andrew is at Language Olympic. And we have Miles at miles 6565. So those are the main guys that you want to uh, plug us in and, uh, you know, follow us right up until lock. You know, I, I sort of give this talk a little bit every time because it's so important. But, you know, do do this in steps. That's the best way to win at this. I've been playing DFS since it came out five or six years ago. And I, I really, really do well all our pros are doing well in the NBA side, but I I, I can speak for myself saying I've done well uh, and better and better every year because uh, you know I have a system. I'm studying the games early. I've tuned into podcasts. Now you have this one, and this sort of encompasses uh, what I've heard in all of the the good podcasts through the years here that have given me information that's helped me win. So you want to listen to this podcast, and we always do it so that it comes out in the morning, the day of the games or either that night before real late so that you can listen to it on your way to work or midday at lunch on your way home. Take that information, absorb it, read up on some things, get on Twitter, look at some of the beat writers reports, and then you got to jump on and follow Twitter, follow uh, fantasy labs where they're posting info of what's happening. That's a good spot to get some information. Get you know get on the at Hoopball fantasy on Twitter and then start building those lineups and putting them together and factoring in all that information because if you try to jam them in jam them in at the end you're going to make a mistake or if you try to make them too early and don't follow until lock one scratch one limits restriction and you're dead I mean this is a competitive game whether you're playing cash or GPP. You can't afford to take a zero or a guy that plays 15 minutes or load up on a team that is favored by 15 and wins by 40 and none of their guys play more than you know 15, 20 minutes. You know Those things are going to empty out. So control your bankroll management. Bet about 10% of your full bankroll on any slate. That's just a smart way to do it. Play on multiple sites where you can get the best pricing for the guys that you like. Fantasy Draft, DraftKings, and FanDuel are the ones that have the most content contests. Yahoo sometimes has some good ones too, but uh, those those are the places I would uh, recommend to go and uh, and fire it up. And you know, don't play the same guys on each site. You're going to find there's sometimes a thousand to two thousand. I've seen one site where one guy was seventy eight hundred on the other site he was ninety four hundred. So you know, you have aberrations like that where you've got either value or a guy way overpriced. You, you know, if you love a guy, but he's fourteen, sixteen hundred dollars 1600 higher on one site, don't play him there. Play him on the site where he's valued. So that's my best recommendation is, you know, you yeah, this is fun. It's a hobby. I know, you know, there's a few of us out here, and, and we, we're, we're really lucky to be able to do this for a living. But for everybody else, that most people that are just doing it as – fun or as an add-on thing, but they take it seriously and they want to win money at it, you have to have a procedure in place. And to me, it begins with, you know, before you go to bed, look over the slate a little bit, know what's coming, look at some news, then get up that next day, listen to our podcast, look through some box scores, see, you know, what's happened in the games, look at the game flow, uh, check that out, you know, uh, make sure that, you get an opportunity to really see what took place, not just the periphery or not just the highlights of, of the dunks of the game, but dig in and look at some of this stuff. Um, you know, Another site that I'd recommend, too, is basketball-reference.com. Go to basketball-reference.com. You can dig down into a game and see usage and see who was on the court and when they were on the court, how that usage uh, was used. I mean, it's fantastic, and you can spend a decent amount of time uh, preparing. Now, we're trying to shorten that window of time for you by giving you all of this, because when I do these shows, I'm already looking at all that stuff. So you've got a layer of that built in, but everybody has their own prejudices and own opinions. And I'm telling you, don't underestimate the eye test either. If you're watching a guy... And he just doesn't look right out there. Or he just, you know, you can tell the coach, he's in the coach's doghouse. Or you can tell, like, I'll give you an example. P.J. Washington started at the beginning of the year three or four games really well. But I saw him have some defensive lapses and some rebounding lapses. And you could see the coach yanked him. All of a sudden, he was punishing him. He played 16 minutes one game. And you could see it was like trying to teach him a lesson. He felt like he was one of the better players on the team but he was trying to teach him a lesson. And as he started to do some of that tough stuff, take a charge, do some things. Now his minutes are back up again, but you know, you're not going to really know that a lot uh, unless you're watching. You may think, okay, he only played 16 minutes this game because he had foul trouble. I'm going to fire him up this next game. No, you got to, you know, check the eye test, watch these games, flip around. I hopefully everybody has a lead pass. That's super important. And, and, you know, uh, and uh, catch that. So, you know, we I want our listeners to be winners. I want to get tweets at Joe Cervati saying, "Hey, listen to the show. Thanks, guys. Uh, your info really helped me hit this. You know, thousand dollar GPP. You know, took this down, uh, doubled my money. You know, uh, played 50-50s and hit them all. You know, because of some of your information. That's our goal. That's what we're here to do. You know, we all love the game. Uh, we love the competition." Uh, but, you know, if I could have it my way, every listener out there would be uh, cash and money every night. So I know this was long winded and very off the cuff, but I just wanted to share those thoughts since I'm doing this show by myself today. And, you know, really wanted to paint that big picture. I've had a lot of people tweet to me. There's a lot of uh, young folks like, you know, my son's age, like 18, 19, 20 21, 22. They're in the they're hoops, but they're doing DFS for the first time or just getting into it. And they don't really have a game plan in play. They know who the good players are. They'll listen to a few touts. And you got to be careful with some of these touts, free tout services out there. They're going to break down a slate like this and basically give you the three highest owned guys or highest priced guys. And they're going to own all of them at 7%. A lot of these Sites will, will are mass entry. 150 guys uh, or 150 teams. They're putting into these huge tournaments, and what they're doing is they're just dumping all that information into an optimizer, and they're letting their algorithm pull out the percentages and make their lineups for them. They're not hand building anything. They're just, and you know, they may have eight percent of of you know ten different guys. So I, yeah, those those guys know what they're doing. They make money at it. That's cool. But I don't know if the everyday guy out there, you know, can you afford to enter uh, 150 lineups at $44 each, $44 each on the spin move on on, uh, DraftKings every night. No, not, you know, yeah, there's a handful of people that, you know, maybe make millions at this that can do that. But for us, us guys that hand-build lineups, I usually hand-build two, three lineups a night max or maybe even just one and then have a, a couple of gpp options that I'll put in a few tournaments but that's the real world I think of 98% of us out there so listen to our show listen to the news get on twitter have a plan manage your bankroll put all of those pieces together and it, you know it's it, nobody wants to lose $20 a day or $10 a day or $100 a day so start building it, you know, build the bankroll. If you have a day where you invest $40 and you get back $90, that's a great day. That next day, maybe you bet 40. So you're already going to be $10 ahead and you play the. you know, and that's how you build a bankroll. And then if you want to take a, a bigger shot on a slate, you know, like I know everybody loves to fire it up on Christmas. That's my favorite day to play, it, you know, and then you take your shot at, at a big million dollar contest for a hundred, 150 bucks. But this way, you're not getting hurt. You're having fun at it. You have a plan in place. Okay, so I want to share that with you guys. I hope everybody. I know this took a long, long time, but you know, if you're gonna re-listen to this podcast, listen to this section again, especially for those that are newer uh, or looking or have been losing a lot or looking for a new way to do it. I'm telling you, this is this is the way to do it. I've done it this way from the beginning. Well, not. I shouldn't say that. I've built to this process since the beginning, and I've continued to win and get better and better at it, and I'd love to be able for you guys to do the same thing. Okay, I appreciate you indulging me in that. I feel so much better sharing that I've been wanting to do that for quite some time. Okay, four games left, 8 o'clock game, or did we do the Trailblazers and Bulls? This is where I'm way off the rails. This is where I need Apatria or Miles or Andy. I do not think we did. We have five games left. We did not do Portland and Chicago. So 8 o'clock, Portland and Chicago. Four games left. Uh, Let's look at the pace. Portland and Chicago's pace. We have the Chicago Bulls 10th, and the Portland Trailblazers, who have looked bad lately, are all the way up to 8th. So you have two top-10 pace teams. This could be a sneaky little game. We know that that they don't play good defense, so let's look that up and see if I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but you never know. Chicago defensively is 12th, and Portland is 22nd. Not that great. So let's take a look at this. We've got uh, Levine coming off a 49-point. Incredible. If you didn't see the end of that game, YouTube it, man. It was unbelievable how Chicago beat Charlotte. It was one of those impossible. It was sort of like the Reggie Miller for anybody, the old folks out there like me when they the Pacers beat the Knicks. It didn't seem possible, but they, they hit it a three, then they, they got a steal, and they hit a three, and then they stripped the ball. All they had to do, Charlotte had to do, was get it in bounds and get fouled. They stripped it, and Levine dribbled it out and hit a crazy turnaround three. Uh, with like a t- four tenths of a second left uh, to win it. And that was right after Sadoransky had hit the three uh, to get them closer. So they they scored nine points right down the stretch to win. That game it was nuts. So watch it. it. It was fantastic. So how does he, re- you know, rebound? He's not obviously playing against a, a lousy defensive team. It's even worse now with Carmelo. So, you know, you've got two teams that can score here. Um Lillard came back. He had missed a game or two with an injury, came back, looked okay. Uh, so he should be fine. Lillard's certainly in play against a, uh, a Bulls defense that's up and down. Uh, you know, 22nd ranking is not very good. Or No, they're not. Let me double check that again. I think it was uh, Portland's 22nd. So Chicago 12th is respectable. I respect that a bit. But Lillard's definitely their guy. Uh, you know, McCollum, to me, I, I really used him a lot when Lillard was out, but I've sort of cut the cord with that now that, uh, that uh, he's back. So I'm not going to play McCollum. Um, you know, they jacked the price up real, real quick on Carmelo, uh, and he is playing a decent amount of minutes, but I, I'm not going to fire him. He doesn't get enough ancillary stats for me, I think, to to become in play. Um, you know, Levine is playing. Playable. He's a streak shooter. Uh, he's one of those guys you know you want to get on like Buddy Hield or somebody when they're hot. You, you play them when they're not. You don't. Um, but like I said earlier, 49 real points, and only 52.2 fantasy points. I mean, that's ridiculous. You got to get some rebounds, steals, blocks, something. Um, so I, you know, I'm not afraid to play. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, I don't want to chase his. 49 point game, but it's a great spot here. It's at home, it's against Portland, it doesn't uh defend all that well. And uh, I think uh, Levine is definitely an option for me. Um, you know, inside wise, uh, you know, it's hard. I I don't believe that uh, you know, I can really trust Carter. Gafford's been getting some minutes, so probably Levine's the only bull option. On the Portland side, I need to see the news on Whiteside. I mean, Whiteside's cl- very close to the school of thought with AD and uh, Kawhi. You just never know. You, you know, it's fifty-fifty before you even see. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as as in or probable. There, those kind of guys are always questionable. So, you know, is if Whiteside doesn't play, Scalabrine here's been a beast, man. He had fifty-nine point eight for me the other day, fourteen x. On, I think it was Friday night. It was unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, not that he's going to do that again, but I would certainly dial him up if Whiteside's out. If Whiteside's back and doesn't have a restriction, then Whiteside becomes in play. As much as I don't like the guy, you know, in 25, 28 minutes, he can put up monster numbers, so you got to consider him. So this, this is a news-dependent game. I'd look at Levine. Uh, I'd look at uh, – uh, the center for Portland, depending on you know if Whiteside's going to sit, Scal, If if uh, if Whiteside's playing with with no restriction, then, then Whiteside. All right, we go to the other uh, the last 8 p.m. game, Utah Jazz at Milwaukee Bucks, and this will this is where I'll make up some of the, all of that rant I went on time wise. You've got Milwaukee uh, and Utah, and guess where those two teams rank in the rankings defensively. We're going to let you think out there. I'm hearing guesses all over the place. Utah's the best in Milwaukee's sixth. So you got one in six defensive team in the league. And, you know, that definitely is interesting. Now, you do have Milwaukee at the fastest pace. So that is a real contradiction to what Utah wants to do as the 19th pace team, and that is slow you down. Their their strategy is slow it down, grind it, get some shots, foul, make it rough, make it, you know. So this is gonna be a very physical game. Milwaukee is physical as well. Utah is quietly eleven and five. That is a surprise to me. I did not realize they were eleven and five. That's amazing. Um, you know, it was well documented how bad Conley started. Those first five games he was shooting like or something hysterical. And you know, Gobert's been steady as a rock. Mitchell's been steady as a rock. And, you know, you can say what you want about Quinn Snyder. That dude can coach. And he is he is a great X and O, great bench coach. He is, he does a fantastic job. He's probably the most underrated coach in the league. I, I really believe that. Um, but this will be a great game, playoff type of game, lots of defense. Lots of protecting the rim. Um, yeah, I'm no way I'm paying way, way up for Giannis going against that, that tough Utah D uh, you know, Mitchell will have to face, you know, some, some tough defenders, you know, Conley's also going to have with Bledsoe, they're going to battle. And, and even with George Hill off the bench, I mean, there's just a lot of good defensive, so smart, you know, professional players here. So, this is the second game of the night. You know, Philly, Toronto, Utah, Milwaukee. Those will be the games I watch the most minutes of tonight because Luke is not playing. But those are the two teams I'll watch the most of. Two games. I don't. I'm not. I'm probably not going to have anybody from either game. Very crazy. All right, two games left. We have the 8:30 Eastern Standard Time game. So we're going to have. I'm going to. My brain is going to explode tonight there's no doubt about it that's three six nine there's 10 games that will be right in the middle of the action tonight all at the same time I'm I'm gonna have to take some a couple shots of something or some meds or something before here I'm gonna stroke out man all right Lakers 14 and two at the Spurs six and 11 Spurs have been awful uh, Lakers obviously just find a way they should have lost to Memphis ten times over the other day but they won it Uh, they, you know, I can't wait to see the Lakers Clippers down the line. What a, what a matchup that's going to be in playoffs. All right. Pace wise, uh, Lakers are sitting right now only at 18th. So, you know, people think they're playing a little faster. They're not San Antonio is at 15th. So nothing impressive there. Uh, the crazy stat, though, is Lakers second in the league to Utah. They just fell below. They were first most of last week. And and the, the shocking thing is San Antonio's 28th. They are playing like garbage. Uh, they really are. So that is, that is bizarre. Um, Lakers are on a road trip. It's in San Antonio. It is pop. This is going to have a pretty big spread. You know, it's a dangerous game to play. I mean, everybody's been paying up to play either ad or lebron um the spurs defense really sucks so you know i don't have any problem with paying up for one of those two guys but it's always deciding which which one are you going to play i mean it's such a toss-up um you know each of them has such a great opportunity to go off you know i know they The Spurs like to put Rudy Gay on LeBron a little bit, but he does come off the bench, although Pop's known to shuffle the lineup to defend matchups. So, you know, I'm not crazy on the LeBron side. Um, You know, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, he'll get some Aldridge, and their other guys inside aren't going to be able to handle him. So I guess AD would be the way that I'd lean in this game. Uh, but you got to be able to afford him. He costs an arm and a leg for sure. Uh, but, you know, definitely a spot you can go uh, if that wants to be your pay-up spot with the type of defense the Spurs are playing. Could be a blowout game. Certainly have to fear. Lakers are, de- in my opinion, 15 or 18 points better than Spurs. But, you know, you take into consideration the Lakers are probably thinking that they're going to come in not as inspired. You know, Pop, you never know when he can push the right button there to get the Spurs hot, and the Lakers are on a road trip. So if you want to, you know, throw some guys up there, I get it. Um, you know, the, the Lakers play such good D, man. Anthony Davis will shut down Marcus, I think. And then, you know, you have a lot of good perimeter defenders, you know, that can that are also with, with Danny Green getting after DeRozan. I don't want any part of that. Um, so I'm not playing any Spurs, no way, and they have that roulette of point guards. So it's a pass for me on the Spurs. You can always fire up. You know, I found myself firing up one of the Laker ancillary guys as a as a value guy, and sometimes it really pays off. Danny Green, I think had 27 fantasy points for me uh, the last time at a really cheap ra- uh, uh, dollar number. Rondo, I, I played. Saturday night, I think, uh, or, or yesterday, and he, he paid off his value. Caruso was out, so Rondo becomes more in play. So, you know, I, I have no problem playing a Davis and one of the ancillary guys uh, as a possibility there, and no Spurs. Okay, game 11. It is the only late night sweat hammer game, and this will be a game that you'll want to have somebody. There's nothing worse, and I've I, experienced this the other night of having nobody in that late game and trying desperately like the cat with the nails into the curtain hanging on to to your victory and having to watch every assist rebound and basket count against you it is painful now again what i said earlier if the game doesn't fit it doesn't matter if it's being played in an hour or being played the last game by four hours of any game You have to look at the game for that reason. Don't play it because it's the late-night hammer game. Now, I do get it, though. It is very nice to have at least some exposure there you know, from a strategic standpoint. But if if you're one of those people like, I'm going to watch out late games, late-night hammer game, it's the NBA TV game nationally, oh, I've got to have exposure, period. Don't let that sway you. What you need to do in that scenario, play the main slate, don't force anybody in this game, and then just play on DraftKings or FanDuel. They'll have a, a late game, uh, single game play. Play it that way if you have to, rather than trying to screw up your lineup. All right, let's talk about this game because uh, I do like a couple guys here, so it's you know it's playable. You've got uh, Oklahoma City and Golden State. We know everybody knows the woes of the Golden State defense, but they came out of last. They're 29th out of 30 teams now. Washington has actually passed them up as the most embarrassing uh, performance of whatever you want to call that. I can't call it basketball that they're playing. But Golden State's uh, the second worst uh, defensive team in the league. And uh, we look at Oklahoma City, and they're 14th, right in the middle of the pack. They're usually a little bit better than that, but they're down to 14th. Um, from a pace standpoint, uh, Golden State is 13th, and Oklahoma City is all the way down to 24th. They are slowing it down. So, you know, this game doesn't stand out uh, by any stretch. There are a few guys, though. You know, Eric Paschal's been so good, man. He's he's getting so much usage there. Uh, He's always in play. Um, The question is, it's 100% uh, dependent on the news. I believe D'Angelo Russell's out again, but... Check on that because that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, I believe Draymond will play, which cuts into uh, Pascal a little bit, and you know Draymond becomes playable. Although Oklahoma City does not play at a fast pace, um, you know I I do like uh, I do like the potential of his triple double if it stays a game. This should stay a close game. Five and ten and three and 14, 2 poor teams. So. You could go there uh, if certainly if if D'Angelo doesn't play, you know, it brings uh, Alec Burks, especially in a play. Alec Burks has been good. I've rostered him a few times and he has torn it up. So he's probably my favorite on the Golden State side, although he has been splitting minutes with Kai Bowman uh, and Kai's done decently. So you got to keep an eye on that. Weigh it out. Let's look at the prices on each different site and see see what fits. On the Oklahoma City side, uh, you know, Shea Shea Gilgis Alexander has been very good, very steady this year. Uh, He's had a few games recently, though, where they have played some tough defensive matchups, and he hasn't done as well. But this is a game where I think he'll do well. He's he's one of my favorite plays at at his range level, and I'm going to fire him up tonight. Uh, He's going to be some of my exposure in this last game because – I think just the game fits him well, his style of play, and it is an up pace for Oklahoma. Uh, I think he fits well into this uh, into the style of play here. Uh, other than that, though, Adams has been up and down, hasn't played super consistent. Uh, Noel's been chopping into his minutes a little bit. Chris Paul, you know, okay at times. I just this looks more like a Shea game. And on the Golden State side, uh, maybe a Burks and possibly Pascal or uh, if you have the extra dollars uh, to go up to uh, Draymond. So, all right. I am out of wind. I have no idea how long we went. Um, I'm sure my compadres will get a kick out of me just losing track of time and going on and on. But you know what? You can fast forward through some of it. You can re listen to some of it. You can skip some of it. But I wanted to give you the whole deal here and uh, really go over some meaningful stuff. So I hope it hit home. If you have any questions or anything I went over, you know, even not even game stuff, if it's just strategy or sites or questions, remember I'm at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. Shoot me any questions. I'm happy to. To share whatever I can to help you be more successful. And, and cl- please, you know, rate, review, subscribe on anywhere podcasts are find, found. Five star likes, thumbs up. Uh, we all, we really, really appreciate that. All right. So, for my buddies, Mike and Miles and Andrew, uh, I am Joe Sarvati, the coach. want to thank you for joining me on this Hootball NBA DFS Today podcast. We will look to catch you again tomorrow when we crush it on NBA DFS. Thanks. This has been a HoopBall presentation.